This is Kurt. This is D. Wyatt. And this is the MFG cast. Missuses, hey misses, hey non-binary robots, uh, aliens of all kinds. It's another episode. Of, uh, this time in color. Our episode is going to be focusing on winning, losing, and the stuff therein. But before that, let's get into some now playing. Um, I'll go first. Uh, played a couple of old bees and a new bee. Did I say nude bee? I meant new bee. Didn't mean it would be. I mean, that would be hot, but not really. Got to play uh, the second in the Choose Your, uh, Choose Your Own Adventure series in, uh, by Z-Man. The War with the Evil Power Master. This, uh, I've played both of the Choose Your Own Adventure games now, and without being too spoilery in this game, this one's got a lot more variety to it, where it's you're trying to beat the evil power master from destroying all these planets. And... Uh, you can travel from planet to planet, and as you travel there, uh, there's a different story and different ways to win or lose in, on those planets. And you're either trying to, well, what you're trying to do is you're trying to boost your signal to find out what the evil power master is doing so you can thwart his plans, or if you fail in some of the challenges and stuff that you have, the EPM meter goes up. What does the EPM meter stand for? Is it like evolutionary planetary momentum meter? No, it's evil power master. Simple. But uh, my money was on the first. I think. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's funny. The fact that I actually came up with that amazing acronym right away. I'm pretty proud of myself. I was going to say, of all the combinations of words, that's what you would <laughs> Um but the, you know, and then every you play with four characters, and no matter if you play with one player or you play with more players, you have to play with all four characters because they're all in the story, and they all have certain uh, strengths and weaknesses as far as their abilities and stuff like that. And you get different data cards and stuff like that that you can help help you during the game. It uh, it spices up the game, so you can actually play it more than once. The other game. You know, with you know, with a group of people, you could basically just you could play it a couple times if you wanted to, but you'll kind of see the same thing. With this, it kind of it uh, gives it a little more variety and a little bit more legs, so you can play this you know more than a few times. Stop with the fireworks! If people are playing fireworks. People, it's not even the Fourth of July yet. I can't stand it, especially around my neighborhood because people are lame. Sorry. Uh, as I continue, but. Yeah, War with the Evil Power Master is super fun. I love these choose-your-own-adventure games. I just, I think they're a blast. This one has a little more variety into it. It's not just you picking your story and rolling your abilities and stuff like that. You kind of, 
you kind of get some more. It gives you a little more freedom to work, and uh, I really enjoy it. Plus, it's a super cheap game. It's like what twenty five dollars SMRP, so or MSRP. Let's try that. Boy, talk about not getting acronyms right. I can't even say that one right. So, so would you say like the more variety is probably as a result of people kind of like criticizing the first one on that, or oh no, I was gonna say, or do you think it's just like this is always how it was planned, and you know? No, I think I it think it just so happens to be. Yeah, and it's the second in the series of these games, but it's actually the second, the second by the same uh, designer too. Uh, his name is. He's got an amazing name, Prospero Hall. I love that name. I'm like, where do these people come up with these awesome names? <laughs> but uh, I think he he probably they probably got some feedback like you know, you know we we like this whole thing, but it's probably you know I re- would probably just rather read the book because I can kind of get the same thing out of it. I disagree. I really enjoyed it, you know that way. But I like that they they get they put a little more variety into this one. And I'm sure if they continue again, then they'll do it onto the next one. The cool thing about these uh, games too is it makes me want to go to back to my local library or to my local bookstore and buy a couple of these because I know that a fact that the Books a Million that's by my house actually has all of these choose your choose your own adventure books. Uh, they must have re-released them or something like that. So I'm really excited. Another thing that I think is kind of interesting too is that they kind of updated some of the story in this too. So I'd like to actually read this book just to see how they you know updated it because one of them is like they actually it's it's funny because the story is so so damn ridiculous like there's just so many like puns and like them just trying to elaborate everything but there's one part where it was like talked about a selfie stick and i'm like wait a minute i don't remember selfie sticks in the 80s you know so (laughs) You know, so they've kind of updated some things in that, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. It was just, it's a lot of fun. So if you like that kind of thing and you would like to try it, I give this one a go. You know, if you haven't tried either, I would go with this one first just because it gives you a little bit more variety. And being able to use those other characters is cool too. One thing I forgot is like when you use a character, they have uh, some uh, special cards that they use at the beginning. You pick out like a special ability or something like that. Some of them are for the whole game. Some are a one-time use. And then you pick up stuff throughout the game. But when you use a character, you basically flip them over so they're inactive. So everybody gets their own turn. So you have to kind of plan strategy that way too. Where it's like, okay, I use my strength ability here. So I have to flip him over. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. Now that we're on this one planet that has more negotiation tactics, maybe I should save this other guy for a no negotiation aspect. So there are a few things that just really kind of spice it up. Okay, I'll stop talking about that game now. Uh, but it's really fun. And then I uh, got to play a couple of old bees this weekend with uh, with Tracy. We were able to play uh, Quacks of Quindleburg again, or Quindlenburg, sorry. And we were at, be able to get into uh, more variety with it because when you have the, the chips that you play, each book has a way to kind of upgrade to get to something else. So it's like instead of using... It, they call it the bookmark. So there's like a one bookmark, two bookmark, three bookmark, and four bookmark. So they tell you to do, do the one first, and then once you get used to it, get to the other ones. So we're able to use the, the bookmark two uh, abilities with the, with the chips and stuff like that. And it just made for a lot more variety in you know what you can do with your pot and stuff like that, I felt like. And um, yeah, this game just continues to climb in my favorite 
to become one of my favorite games. It's not probably not in my top 10 yet, but it's definitely in my top 20, and it will probably just continue to rise as we play it. So that was fun. And then we were able to play... Why can't... I think all of a sudden... I forget. Well, uh, I got I got a quick interject with a question. About yes, the, uh, the quacks of here. course. So uh, I heard something on a podcast recently, and um, they said that if they want to play a bag builder game, they're not going to be playing Orleans anymore, that they'll play Quacks and Quinlanburg. Uh, would you say that these people are just clinically insane and should be beaten with their own shoes? Yes, I say whoever this podcast is, they need to be done now because you're over. Come on now. Don't ever say that kind of thing. I think... Yeah, I mean, it's... Go ahead. And uh, Like, my whole thing is this. Like, yeah, granted they're both bag builders, I feel they are drastically different. It, it's oh, like, totally. you can't compare the two. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the Orleans is almost like a bag builder worker placement almost kind of thing, where the Quacks of Kellenberg is kind of like a more of a, you know, strategic... Why, what would you call that, really? Like, push your luck yeah kind of more yeah more of a push your luck for sure yeah but yeah i definitely think that those are not two of the same you know the only thing that's the the same on them is that they're bag builders i think other than that they're they're worlds apart i say and then the other game we got to play which is another one that i really enjoy and the more i play it the more i love it is azul stained glass of sintra like this game continues to excite me and it's really fun to play and I'm absolutely terrible at it and that will t- tie into our ca- our to our uh, episode topics so but uh, yeah that's pretty much what I've been playing lately what about you so recently I uh, started playing one of the greatest games in the entire known universe again Concordia nice so I don't know if you heard uh, it was actually a little while ago Concordia Venus was released yes and for some reason, it's weird. It's like Concordia is this like timeless, amazing game to me. Uh, Venus came out, and no one spoke of it at all. Like it was just like whoo, like ghost town on this thing. Uh, and there's two things about the Venus that's really interesting. So one is there's actually two ways of buying it. You can buy just the expansion, and they also released Concordia with the Venus expansion in one box. Where if, you know, you never had Concordia, you would be able to get the both of them for a cheaper price than buying the game and the expansion separately. And also now people can st- finally stop bitching about, oh, Concordia's box cover. Oh, the art. Oh, it's such a turnoff. Because now it's a different cover, so everyone can shut up forever. Um, <laughs> the, th- the thing that they did in it is, this is pretty cool. They actually added a variation for team play, right? So... One of the, the staples of Concordia, and it's one of the things that makes this game so elegant and so interesting, is every turn you are playing one card from your hand. That is the entirety of the game. You just do what the card says. You know, be it uh, sending colonists out to build cities, or acquiring goods, or collecting money, or even a card to recover all your discarded cards back to your hand, including that card. So it's always just you're playing a card, you're doing that thing. That's all of Concordia. Venus added an idea of team play where two cards in your deck are taken out and two cards are put in. And now, like, when you want to acquire new cards from, like, the buy row, you don't get one or two cards. You can take one, and then your ally can take one. And then you refresh the board as normal. And there's actually a card, like, you cannot tell your teammate, oh, play, like, Prefect when you go. I, like, Prefect my region. 
that's not really how this game is. It's like the whole concept is you and your teammate reading one another and just like playing your game. But there's actually a card that when you play it, your teammate now plays one of their cards, but before they do, you can look at their hand to make a suggestion. And I think that is an incredible idea in, in a card or board game that has teams. Because instead of just going, Kurt, 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 do console, I need guys. I can actually play this card and now I say, all right, Kurt, let me quick see your hand. And then I'd be like, I would appreciate it if you play console. And that's it. You know, it's like your team will only do as well as your team actually functions. No alpha game. Nice. Which is Mm -hmm. amazing. Love that. That. And then they actually added a new bonus scoring of Venus. And the Venus scoring goes off of for every region you have two uh, town holds in. So it's like, you know, a pair of buildings or in the team game, each town that each uh, region that you and your teammate have a building in. So I'm like, that's a kind of cool idea. Again, I like that pairing concept. It's very cool. Like, you know, they added one new card that a few people I knew who have been playing Concordia for years, like it blew their mind, where uh, there was always the Diplomat that let you copy the top card of another player's discard. Now there's a card you copy the top card of your own discard. Nice. And they were like, wait a minute, so I could do, like, I could double architect? Oh, my God! <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's... The, yeah, like you know, the second coming of yeah. the heralds. But usually, yeah. when I when I do it, it's, it's a no. Really hold on, nice hold on. I, this is a great joke. So when I do it, I go double down and I slap it on the table. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help myself. And then pieces go everywhere. Oh, I don't. I don't care, man. It's domino, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That's how I do things. Yeah, but I mean, I I just I I think Concordia might be a ten for me, man. Mm-hmm. I, every time I play it, I like it more. It's. It is yeah. so Well, it's solid. funny because when when we played Azul and Quacks, I was like, this weekend, I was like, usually I try to go, okay, what game have we haven't played for a while, and blah, 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 and, and that that day I was like, we're playing games that I know that we like, and we're going to have fun with them, you know, and uh, Concordia is one of those, you know, it's just like one of those you see it, you're like, oh, God, that's such a great game, you know, and it's just, you should be playing that a lot. Yeah, I mean, absolutely agreed. It is, without a doubt, like, such... Again, it's just like, even, like, when you start losing, you're like, I have done things poorly. (laughs) You know, it's like, I may have expanded a little too quickly. I may have gotten a little too aggressive to try to get those cloth buildings. Surely this is coming back to bite me in the ass now. But uh, besides that, I also got to recently play Tiny Towns. What'd you Um, think? Yeah, it's... I... You know what? Uh, I'm... Howard picked it up, and I'm glad that Howard picked it up, so I don't have to. It's pretty fun. It's, you know, it's like another, like, small board little puzzle style, like, abstract builder. And, you know, the whole thing is like, oh, you know, you're trying to get these resources to make these buildings. But your opponents are also trying to make some of these buildings. I like it. It's not the best. I would probably, I still think I would rather go for, like, Reef or something. But it is pretty fun. Uh, Played it multiple times. Uh, Up to six players is always a nice touch. You know, that that helps the flow. It's pretty quick turns, which is always a plus. It is funny, though. It, not, like, hilarious, but it, it's... Um, so the game ends when no players can do anything. But somebody might build themselves in such a way that they're doomed by just not being able to complete any buildings. So, like, you know, you're going and you have all this space and everything, and all of a sudden you hear a player like, all right, I'm out. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I, I can't do anything anymore. I, I can't finish any buildings. You're like, that, 
but how, we only made like three things. Let me see your board. Let me see your board. And you're like, oh my god, and you don't know what went wrong for them, but it was something. And uh, it's like, well, uh, you're probably gonna get last. Let's continue. And like, you know, so somebody might be sitting there for like ten or twelve minutes, just going K, mm. <laughs> and you feel kind of bad. <laughs> you know, even worse is like two turns later, another person's like, all right, I'm out, and there's still three people left, and you still have plenty of space in your town. You're like, I know I got at least ten rounds to go. You know, <laughs> but such is the way. And uh, you know. Um, for a game called Tiny Towns, I don't know why, for some reason in my head, I was thinking like, uh, you know, almost like the tiny epic size, uh, size boxes or something. Mm-hmm. A little bit bigger than that. Yeah, but definitely. The buildings are cool. Nice, like, you know, nice variety of uh, stuff. The components are nice and simple. It's a pretty good game. If it, if it was, if it was like an MSRP of 30 instead of 40, I'd probably be a little more interested in picking it up just to try solo play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like for a little game here and there from me and Ken, but... Oh no! You know what? Uh, it's pretty cool. You know, th- there was tons of hype from AEG when this thing was coming out, man. I don't know if you noticed, but for like three weeks, it was like their only thing on Twitter, Facebook. People were doing live streams. It's like Tardy Towns, Tardy Towns. Like, I mean, it's good, you know. But uh, I'm glad I played it, and I'm <laughs> also, like I said, I'm glad Howard has it, so I'll be able to play it again in the future. Yep, yep. So the, now you also picked up Tiny Towns recently, right? I did. So for you, is it like a like an Azul killer, a Reef killer? Is it anything like that, or kind of same boat? I think we've talked about this. I don't really like that phrase. I don't like the oh, this killed this game, so you'll never play this again. You know, it's like I think that just like like someone says, just like that thing with that podcast that shall not be named because they're dumb. Uh, about the Orleans over Quacks of Quinlanburg thing, it's like no, they have different aspects of them that could be, that are a variant, and you can enjoy them just the same, you know. So it, it's the same thing with like Azul and Zagarada, you know. It's like I love Azul stained glass of Sintra. Like I think out of that and Azul and Sagrada, it is high high above the other two, which is saying a lot because they're both very good games. Now, is it, does it kill them both? No, it does not. I can play them both any given day. You know, so for, you know, for the whole Tiny Towns thing, like, I enjoy it. It's a good tetris style game with a little bit more strategy to it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, do, it doesn't kill something else for me. Or something that's similar to that, it doesn't kill Tiny Towns for me. Oh, that's cool. By the way, on a side note, as much as you hate it, I've been having a few games kill other games recently. I, I find that sometimes a game needs to kill another game when you are running out of space on your shelves. <laughs> yep, that is true. <laughs> to, to me, that's just the bulk needs to go, you know? And it's like, yeah, I think it's more of a necessity of like, okay, you know, what's creating that space that doesn't need it to anymore? Sometimes you have to separate the wheat from the chaff. That is true. And, the, and, and that just mm-hmm. goes back to my, you know, playing something that you really want to play. So it's like, you have to kind of wage that. You know, it's not It's not even the rating on BGG. It's like one of those things like we've talked about before. If you see Orleans and you go, God, I just love playing that game. Every time you see it, I want to play it. But then if you see something else and you're like, eh, then obviously it should not be in your collection. Valid point, my friend. So now that we have seen what we've been getting to the table recently, how many of those games have you won and lost, Kurt? Oh, that's why I like that we that we brought up this uh, 
this conversation because the weekend of playing the Azul and the Quacks of Kingsburg lost both of those. And I am usually a pretty good winner or a pretty good loser. And that's that's kind of interesting to say that, but you know, it's one of like the, you're good at doing it. You mean, or yes, <laughs> I should have a badge. I should have a medal or a T-shirt. I should have a tattooed on my head. But you know, it's like one of those that's like a lot of times I'm pretty good about losing. If I lose, hey, I'm just glad to be here, glad to play a game. But then there's times where I've been working a lot. I haven't been getting a lot of sleep. You know what? It would nice to be. Ju- it would be nice to just get a win every once in a while. You know. It would just be nice, but that's just not in the cards for me lately. And you know, sometimes I'm really good, you know, again, sometimes I'm really good at it, but just lately, it's just like, I just, can you just give me one win? That would be nice. I'm sick of losing. So now the question is, is it, there's a couple of games you have that you just consistently lose and that's what really drives the nail into the coffin for you? Or is it just across the board, the desire to stop losing yeah yeah it, it, it seems like lately the willingness to lose would be awesome it would be great to just get a win out of anything but there are some games that i come in, go into and i will uh, put a category in a box because when it comes to abstract games for some reason i am the worst at them so, you know, I, I, I don't go in there with, you know, thinking like, you know what, I think I'm going to win this one this time. But when it comes to playing that last Azul game we played, I was like, man, I felt like I was making really good decisions and doing really good. And then, lo and behold, I get beat by a lot of points all of a sudden. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, what where did I take that wrong left turn at, at Albuquerque? You know, it's just... So annoying. So for you, right? Like, take for example, like, you know, like the winning and losing. Is that something you find becomes more important to you the more you play a game? Like, when you very first play a game, how, like, how imperative is getting an OW in that column for you? Yeah, like, like for me, it's not as much. You know, especially if I'm, well, let's put it, let's put it this way. A lot of games you play, it's, it's a pretty big learning. And so... For the most part, you're kind of just kind of figuring out how things work and the strategies you main that you want to work on and maintain. But there there have been a few in the past where it's like, I feel like I have this game right away and I still <laughs> can't find a way to get the W on it, you know. But for the most part, I usually try to just say, you know, this first the first couple of games I'm just trying to figure my way into the strategies of this game. And then once I've played it a few times, like your Lords of Water Teep, you know, if you get into it and then all of a sudden you're just you're losing by a ton and you make making these poor decisions, you're like, okay, what went wrong? You know, obviously I'm doing I'm not paying attention to what's going on or I'm making the wrong play or somebody's maybe making all the right plays and I'm just not noticing it. Yeah, you know what? It's like See, for me, it's um, it's kind of funny. Uh, Howard and I were actually speaking about this the other night. Like, the you know how important is the actual winning and losing in these things? Because you know sometimes you also find it factors into whether or not people want to buy a game or trade a game and stuff like that, which is, you know, always a fun like little uh, dichotomy going on there. But it's like for me, it's it's like, like have you ever had that thing where uh, you help somebody with a move in the game? 
and like they get five points instead of two and then at the end of the game they beat you by one point and you're like you know if i just shut my mouth i i could have had this i did i did that in uh the last game of destiny i played with mike i was like are you gonna do that one thing which is weird i never do that especially with mike because he's so hardcore about winning that i like to get i always like to win against him yeah and i did that and i was like i just completely screwed myself there good job kurt pat on the back (laughs) And it's like, every time that happens, I'm always like, well, you know, that could have been better. (laughs) But it's it's also a case of, you know, uh, I'm like a fan of, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know? Like, you want your competition to be the best possible. So sometimes, you know, you got to make get a few losses and stuff like that, just so when you get the wins later, they feel like a little more satisfying and a little more earned, you know, Mm -hmm. like uh, like getting a win because somebody made a big blunder or ignored a pile of points that they could have taken never is satisfying Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast today. Uh, the Dungeon Rats, which actually is uh, unfortunately finished out their last few episodes, but I'm kind of backlogged. And uh, they were talking about being jinxed. Some people think that they believe in jinx and some don't. I believe in that a lot because I feel like in everyday life, like no matter how big my head gets, life will just find a way to pop that, burst that bubble, you know? And, um, you know, I feel like it happens in gaming, too, where it's like, oh, I'm going to do it. You know, just like the, in that Azul game. Like, it wasn't I wasn't being cocky about it, but I was like, man, I'm really doing good in this game. And then as soon as I started to think that, then it all went south. You know, so it's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, I try not to get too excited about that kind of stuff, especially when I'm playing Tracy. I love playing games with Tracy, but she knows... When I'm doing good, and every once in a while, I'll get a smirk on my face, and she will just jump right on me like, don't even do that, you know? And it's like, what? What am I doing? You know, I'll just give her that give her that little smirk, and it's like, hey, I'm just excited that I'm actually doing something, you know? Which is sometimes not par for the course for me. Yeah, th- there's a couple of games that Kim will just soundly thrash me in all the time. And and then there's others like she'll just blank out when we're playing and you know I'll I'll just be able to like demolish. Those are never as fun. I I'd rather play the games that she is like dominating at. So like I said, when I get that win, it's actually like a oh my god, I beat a titan. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And I even like those ones where it's like you don't you can't ever tell where it's gonna go until the end. And then it's like wow, you got that two point win over me, or you know you got that one point win. You know it's. It's cool to have those games because a lot of times it's it it brings a lot of the tension between everybody and then you know once the person whoever wins you're like oh I can't believe it and then you get into these conversations like oh what happened there I did this and then did this happen and then oh you know whatever you know I think that's one of the beauties in Concordia the fact that all the scoring is at the mm-hmm. end you're like I think I got this in the bag. And then, like, the person in front of you will score, and you're like, oh, I don't like this at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like some of those games that have that, too. Like, that, um, like, uh, the only only thing I can think of right now is that Deep Sea Adventure, and I'm sure there's other games like that, but where you get, like, those tokens, and you can't look at them until the end. You know, so it's like, you could have a 10-point token. You could have a 0-point token. You know, it's even though you have a lot of tokens in front of you, that could... That could mean, you know, good or bad. You know, some some games even have stuff where you collect negative 
negative points, you don't know it either. So you don't know, you know, exactly how that's going. So it's, it, it puts a little more variability and um, uncertainty into those games. You know, the Cleopatra and the Society of Architects, your victory points are like face down on these little, you know, slab tokens. And it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, it's like he's only got five tokens in front of him, but that could be 50 points if those roll tens. <laughs> uh, you know, like you got to kind of pay attention to how often somebody goes for change of something or like cashes in for bigger tokens. It's like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, you have 15, I only have four. What happened? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I think you have about around 30 points, but you may have as many as 50 there. So, yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know. Cool. Yeah, games with that reveal at the end are always, uh, again, like, you know, it, it almost feels like a roller coaster of excitement when you're figuring out everyone's scores and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, even, like, Champions of Midgard recently, uh, we were playing a game of it, and I had the leader where it's, like, all about the uh, the, the vision uh, hut or whatever. So it's, like, the things that are additional endgame scoring conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her, her power is, like, whenever you take that action, you instead of drawing one, you draw two and put one on the bottom of the deck. And her leader die is, like, whenever you roll the Viking helmet, you do that, uh, that hut action. Mm-hmm. So, like, at the end of the game, I had, like, 11 endgame scoring cards. So I was, like, a little behind. And it's like, okay, do I have the most coins? No, fine. Do I have the most red guys? I do. One, two, three, four, five more points. Okay, do I have the most yellow? Ah, we're tied. One, two. And like, I just was like, inch, 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 inch. And everyone's like, oh, I don't like this at all. <laughs> and I won by two points. Nice. But I got like 38 points at the end of the game from all these like little cards and mm-hmm. everything. And it was like a really fun creep thing like that because somebody was destroying and so far ahead of me, I'm like, I'm never catching up. And it's like, you know, like, oh, man, if one person spent one less gold, I would have gotten those points. Oh, if one person killed one more troll, I would have gotten those points. So it was like this awesome feeling of, like, everything perfectly aligned. Yeah, well, it's nice that it feels like, you know, some of, some of the best games, too, have many paths to victory, not just one set goal, you know, or one set kind of thing where it's like your, your champions in Midgard. There's lots of different ways to get victory points there. You know, like Viticulture, there's lots of different ways to do certain things depending upon the expansions and the original and stuff like that. A lot, a lot of different goals to get to the same spot. You know, so, like, you know, it's not just, okay, I'm just trying to do A to get to B and that is it. You know, it, it gives everybody a lot more choice than just going, well, I haven't been able to follow this path that I'm supposed to follow, so obviously I'm going to lose out. Yeah, it, it's like... um I do like those times where it's like, you know, you get that story out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, you tried that new strategy and it just like it barely inched you by. Or, you know, you just barely lost. And you're like, oh, my God, this was so cool. I can't wait to try this part again. That to me is always a big thing, too. There's something that's really satisfying about when you lose or when somebody loses and they're like, oh, man, I can't wait to try that again. Mm-hmm. There's something deeply dissatisfying about when somebody loses and they're like, no, we're playing again. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> That's funny. So is it, you know, have you, you're speaking on it now, but I'll just see if this is the thing that you follow then. Is it one of those things where when you do try a strategy and let's just say you try a strategy and it fails completely, you know, is it something that you're, you think, you know what, I think I could do that better. Or is it a thing where you're just automatically dejected and you think, 
there's no way I'm going to be able to use this again because it's just not the right way to go. Yeah, you know what's funny? Uh, that actually came up with Crusaders recently. Like, because when a game, like when you were talking about the many paths of victory, when a game has like venues and options of doing something, I don't know. I always like it when every action feels important, mm-hmm. you know? And and it's like in Crusaders, and somebody was like, you know, like, oh, well, the name of the game is Crusaders. Because uh. like I was noting how the fighting strategy is just the best and the most dominant like the building strategy is not really viable constantly trying to like you know economic isn't really viable and they were like well the name of the game is crusaders and it's like you know but i i found like in that game an influence strategy is just as viable it's like i don't have to fight i don't have to do anything i'm just going to keep generating influence points every single turn Mm -hmm. and like that was a pretty devastating strategy but it's like i don't know it's kind of weird I hate it when a game has something that feels like it should be doing something, but ultimately it is it is not a strong play. Mm-hmm. But the game presents it as like a viable option. Like that's the only time like when a a loss like I'll take a devastating loss and be like, well, I built everything that's accessible and I still lost by fifty points. Clearly, this is not a viable option. Period. As opposed to, you know, it's like that's like the times when the loss hits me a little harder. I would say. Yeah. Well, and. I know that I, you know, I will say on record that I think that you are a good player when it comes to playing games, but, you know, do you feel like, you know, even though you've played that strategy and you don't think it's a viable strategy, do you think that possibly you may have played that wrong? Or do you think, you know what, I've played this exactly how I, that it was supposed to go and it just did not turn out the way it should have? Um, sometimes, I, you know, it's like the you feel like you got it wrong or something. But, like, if you go for a building strategy and you build every damn building in the game and it still loses, you're like, okay, well, there's nothing left I could have done with that. Like, I did 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is no stone, on a stone unturned here, so obviously yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, is there like a hidden bag of bits in the box that I don't know about? Is that you know, is it a mm-hmm. legacy game? Do I have to scrape under the cover to find more stuff? Because if not, <laughs> this thing sucks. You know, <laughs> like the one thing I do enjoy though is like, uh, and again, like I said, you know, as as much as like the winning and losing is not important, me and Howard are pretty much the only two players that like keep track of our stats, right? And we do have like a little rivalry going to see who has more win percentages against each other, and. uh the other night he texted me. He's like, "Oh my god, we are all tied up." So now it's like, even though like it doesn't really mean anything, it's like I do feel like the next game we play together, the win is going to be critical because it will be a deciding victory at that point, you know. <laughs> and then after that, everything will just keep evening out the odds again. But still. Oh, I wanted to see something here. Darn it! On the BGG app, it doesn't actually. I can't actually tell. The BG Stats app will actually tell you the wins and loss percentages yeah. of people. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to see if it if I could just if I could set it up by wins, and it doesn't. That's too bad. I'm sure it will be very little for me, but I just wanted to see. So here's a question that I was thinking about before, and I I didn't ask. So when you're playing games, and say you get on these winning streaks, so say you play like. Uh, let's just say, I don't know, 10 games in a row, and you win every single one of those games. Is it something that you think right away you're like, wow, I am on a roll? Or is it something where you think, you know, depending upon the situation, is it I'm not getting the challenge that I want? Is it something where it's just like, you know, it's 
there's just not enough going on or maybe somebody's learning the game or something like that. I don't know. There's probably a lot of different ways to look at it, but what's your opinion on it? Um, well, thankfully, uh, by playing games with like Howard, Ed, and George Z, I never have to worry about getting that many wins in a row. They, <laughs> they help keep me humble, you know? <laughs> um, but with some people, yeah, it's like, you know, uh, I will feel like that, like, man, I'm on a hot streak. But like I said, I've never, I never had to really worry about it going that long. When I, when it hits there, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's awesome. But how about you? Because I, I know, like, uh, oh, like, I found Tracy... it. I found it on the app. Oh, hold on. Breaking news, people. I have, I well, and this is not up to date, so it's probably less. So, seventy six winnable plays. 28 wins, 36%. Yes, I have done the worst. Awesome. Cool. Now, you have 36% wins, but don't you usually only play a lot of games two players? That is true. <laughs> that's not... See, that's not a good percentage. Hey, shut up. <laughs> don't want to ask you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's a good thing I like games. Otherwise... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> what were you saying before I interrupted you? Uh, I was well, I was about to ask. I was like, I you know, I, I always feel like Tracy gets a few more wins than you. How does that make you feel? But now that we know that she won sixty-seven percent of your games, yeah. Is there a nice uh, tall ledge I can jump off of? No, there isn't anyone, <laughs> anything near. No, it's fine. Well, you know, luckily my ego is not not as big as that to where it's like it matters you know it's just it's nice to just get get with people to play a game but you know again sometimes it does get annoying <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> all right so you know kurt i think at this point uh i would like to find out how other people feel about this like how on the one to ten scale how important is the win for everyone else out there yeah exactly i know for a fact that john from legends of tabletop it's pretty high He'll say it's not as, you know, not as important. I think he actually commented on, on Facebook, but I know he really always wants to win. So, uh, so I'm sure that when he, he loses, you can, I'm sure when he loses, you can just hear it in his voice. That's right. That's right. I can, I, you can tell it's quite, it's quite the, quite the devastation for him. <laughs> just let us know what you guys think. You know, is it? Is it something that's, you know, really important? Is it something that gets under your skin if you don't? Is it something where you play with a certain person and you're like, there's no way I'm ever going to win against this person? Because <laughs> I feel like that sometimes with different people. But uh, for me, it gives me enough confidence to, you know, keep playing them to get that final or to get that final. Like, it, like all of a sudden it's like, I won! We're done! It's out of here! No. But uh, yeah, just let us know what you think about that. Um, on Facebook, uh, MFGCast Facebook page, and then at MFGCast on Twitter, or you can get at dwyatt too. So what's your what's your Twitter handle again? I believe it's uh, dwyatt underscore MFGCast. Nice, yeah, get it, get it, Dan, and tell him what you think. Uh, challenge into a game, find him in New Jersey, and pull him off to the side and play some Santorini in the street. Uh, there you go. Be kind of hardcore. I have a copy in the car, so we could do. There that. you go. See, he's a big nerd. He's got them everywhere. He's got them in his pocket. He's got them in his car. He's got them in a. I don't know. In 
in a satchel. In a bar. That's right. <laughs> it's in a bar. It's in a car. It's how many things we can write. Okay, I'm getting... Dude, at all times, there's a copy of Santorini, The Game, and uh, Oh My Goods in the car. Yeah, no kidding. I need, to get, I need to get one of my five copies of Port Royale in the car at all times, too. Because <laughs> you never know where you're going to need it. Perhaps the Steve Jackson version. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So uh, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Kurt. And this is D.Y. And this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.